Good evening and welcome back to the Turnbuckle Post. It's been a minute, but here we are. Um, Johnny Podcast joined as always by Jesse the Body. Jesse, uh, it's been a few weeks. How you doing, buddy? Well, I'm still alive and kicking. It's been a lot of uh, chaos in the wrestling world as we're going to uh, talk about along with our uh, year-end awards, but otherwise I'm here. Well, that's good. Yeah, we made it through the holidays in one piece, so... Uh, it's been pretty uh pretty mild here in Indiana. I don't know what it's like, you know, around the rest of the country or the world, but uh but it's been pretty pretty decent here other than the rain today. But um other than that it hasn't been too bad. Um either way, this isn't about weather. So um <laughs> Jesse, uh I mean really the elephant in the room and the elephant in the entire world right now is uh the happenings at uh Stanford with WWE. Um with Vince McMahon returning, uh, Stephanie McMahon subsequently resigning, and now uh, they're courting potential uh, buyers for the company. Uh, I know Nick Khan had a meeting with um, the CEO of Disney, uh, which is, I believe, Bob Iger today. Um, you know, there's been, uh, it was originally reported that they were bought by a Saudi um, interest group. Um, but, uh, but there's a lot of, a lot of people in play right now and a lot of, a lot of things that can still happen. So what, uh, what all do you, uh, I would let you get your two cents in on everything. Yeah. You probably don't want my two cents on it, but I'm going to get <laughs> basically, you know, they say this, the saying is, um, it's too good to be true. It probably is. Yeah. That's what it's been the last six months. We thought we mm-hmm. retiring. The product was getting better. Triple H in mm-hmm. charge, Stephanie as co-CEO. Jesse, you there? Can you hear me? Cut out for Hello. Okay, we're back. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, so, just cut out for a second. You know, you... I lost my train of thought. Okay, here we go. Um, this greedy, selfish bastard that wants to unretire and mm-hmm. basically throw everything into chaos, only yep. because he wants to sell the company so he can cash out at seventy years of seventy-eight years of age. I don't understand this. You know, he he built this company. I understand. He he made some major innovations. He's done some great things. But all he's doing with with even thinking of the idea. Of selling to the Saudi interest group is ruining his legacy. He is slowly yeah. but surely making people hate him, not respect him, not respect what he's done. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I, it's like he just doesn't care. He just doesn't give a shit. He he comes back. His daughter resigns, which which sucks because I like Stephanie. I thought she mm-hmm. was great. From what I heard, a lot of people loved her. They liked working yeah. with her. And the fact that she resigned, I'm assuming because of, it's no coincidence that he arrives and then a week later she's gone. Yeah. And, well, and go, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. You're good. And, you know, and, and the thing is, it's like, especially going, going with the Saudi Arabia thing, I don't know what he thinks would benefit anybody if this, if WWE was sold to them. A lot of wrestlers have already said they would walk out. A lot of fans would turn their backs on the company. They're mm. not going to generate any money from this going forward if this were to happen. 
Yeah. It just uh, shows I mean, it's just the fact that if if Saudi Arabia, the investment group, did buy them, they could go private and Vince would be reestablished as the head of creative. Yeah. If that's what he still wants. I mean, because they don't care about the allegations against him. Every other group that's buying this would probably care and would not want him involved in any way in the creative process of the product. Yeah. I think, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, to me, uh, with Vince, with all the stuff that's hanging over his head, um, I don't know how that doesn't hurt the company for him to be the one facilitating this sale. Um, you know, I it feels like, you know... There, it's it's hurting their overall value because now he's a he's a liability as part of what is going to be taken on. So, to your point, yeah, I mean, if the Saudis don't care, they're going to throw a ton of money out of there. They started their own LIV uh, golf league to to uh, compete with the PGA. Um, you know, I don't I don't know a whole lot about that, but they were throwing you know. Ton, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars at these golfers um, just to go over and play in Saudi Arabia. Um, so it, it's, I, I, I'm not a fan of that. Um, I know we talked about it in a private conversation, but there's, you know, several other suitors. Uh, there's Disney, there's Amazon, there's Comcast, there's, um, I mean, potentially even Tony and, and, uh, and his Tony and Shad Khan. Um, the owners of AEW um, slash the See, I wanted to say Jaguar. about that too. Yeah, I think as as fans, it would be great because we get. I think we get some great crossovers, mm-hmm. but then again, it would be not so great. They would, they would make AEW seem to be a more superior product. People are a fan of it, but it is not. They are not up to snuff with WWE's production value, even close to it. It would be counterproductive to try to say, "Hey, we're we are the more inferior brand." I'm hoping that in a perfect world, they would just let WWE do their own thing, as long as the, as long as they're producing and not interfere. That's my two cents on it. People may not agree with me. That's fine. I see it from what I've seen, and I, I just it, it it harkens back to when WWE bought WCW. WCW mm. became a shell of its former self where it wasn't even recognizable, where people really did think, oh, well, they really were the inferior brand. Yeah. And, and and they weren't. They were on par with WWE at one point. That's what yeah. scares me about the cons buying WWE. I'm hoping that won't be, wouldn't be the case. But, you know, everybody's got an ego yeah. in, the, in, in the wrestling business. Yeah, I mean, I think to compare, um, like, I, I mean, I've talked about this before, but to compare the cons, you know, especially Tony's ego to that of Vince McMahon and the way that he treated competition. I don't, I don't know if we can expect the same thing. Um, but I, I honestly think that they're probably the dark horse. Uh, they're probably the least likely because they do have to uh, get a consortium together of, uh, you know, potential, you know, uh, financial support. Um, I mean, it's not that they can't do that, but, but I think uh, WWE is going to look at. Yeah, I mean, we're going to go with, you know, who has the most cash. I'm hoping um, maybe Stephanie, because from what I've, I've, I just read, Stephanie and Hunter were against the sale. They did, okay. They don't think it needs to happen, but, you know, mm-hmm. Vince being Vince, he wants to cash out for some big reason and and retire mm-hmm. with, with millions when he's probably only got, 
what, 10, 10 years, maybe, maybe the most of living. Yeah. I just don't understand. I mean, maybe Stephanie is trying to go out and get a consortium to herself to get some investors to where she and Hunter can purchase the company, which would be great. But yeah. I just don't. Vince has such an ego. It's like he he thinks he was able to facilitate to facilitate a good sale and and mm-hmm. for their and and to get good bargains on their media rights. No, no, it's yeah. got nothing to do with that. You're going you're trying to take the most cash so you can cash out. I really yeah. don't know if he wants to go back out on the road being uncreative again. He's not been out on the road since he's been back. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's done with – I'm hoping that he's done with that. But who knows how much how, how much longer Hunter is going to stay if Stephanie just resigned. I mean, it's just – he's throwing everything into complete chaos, and he does not care. And that's what pisses me off. Yeah. Oh, he's – I mean, at, at the end of the day, I mean, he's he's a cutthroat businessman. Um, he does not, he does not, I mean, and and this is going to sound vaguely, um, I I don't want to say political, but this is going to sound vaguely, um, controversial, but let me tell you a little secret. Rich businessmen do not give a fuck about you. No. No matter how much they say, no matter how much they protest or to the to the to the contrary they do not give one single shit about you they would walk over you if you're on fire okay so Vince McMahon is the same way we could be fans for 30 years he doesn't care he's gonna sell it to the Saudis he could have people on his roster like Sami Zayn and Sonya Deville and um and, and and others that or Kevin Owens would, would walk away, but, um, you know, all these other people that, you know, now with that, they don't have a job because you, you know, you're, you're selling your soul because, and like, there's, there's more to this that we don't know. And there's more to this that will come out eventually, um, you know, as to, to the rationale behind this, but uh, it, it just seems, I mean, the company was doing great. Um, I don't understand. I mean, I don't understand the selfishness of, Okay, well, I'm going to be rich now, and I don't give a shit what happens to this company afterwards. Um, I, I I don't understand that that line of thinking at all, to be honest with you. And think about it is, where would these talents, if they did leave, like say Saudi Arabia did buy, where would they go? A lot of the rest yeah. of the companies that are out now. They have stacked rosters with people already sitting in catering with nothing to do. Yep, it's a yeah, scary it's... situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, and and. I just, I, I just don't know. Uh, I mean, there's, there's too much that we don't know about it right now, but um, I don't have a good feeling about it. I mean, that's for sure. So. No, I mean, it's just more to come. I mean, I, that they're saying the stuff could happen within the next three to six months. I'm thinking Comcast slash NBC might be a top runner since, since like NBC already owns the, the network. And they already mm-hmm. have it on Peacock. Mm-hmm. They could be a good candidate. But then, you know, I read something about Tony Schiavone where he said WWE needs to be careful about selling out to a TV station. He believes that's what caused the downfall of WCW when TNT and TBS owned it. Because yeah. they they marked the direction. of yeah, Eric Bischoff was in charge, but he had the answer to And he could only do certain things that the bosses were allowing to. Or they wanted him to do other certain things like 
adding thunder was not their idea. They didn't want to do it. But mm-hmm. Ted Turner was like, no, we need to add another wrestling. We added thunder on Thursday nights and it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't productive. It didn't, it didn't do well in the ratings at all. And so Tony Schiavone warned against, you know, wrestling companies selling out to, and, and he was right. It was, it wasn't the major downfall of WCW, but it had a part to play in it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, no, I, I'm sure, I mean, I don't know about it, this, but I'm sure they didn't want to really go to three hours either. Um, you know, and that it's, that's all network. I, I and, and to your point about Comcast, I, I believe they own us USA as well. So um, they're, they would probably save a ton of money in rights fees if they were the ones to, to uh, end up purchasing WWE. Um, but then again, what does that mean for Fox? What does that mean for SmackDown? Because now you have competitors, um, you know, actively owning the same interest. Um, so I, I think, you know, there's, there's still a lot to be unraveled with this. And um, I, I think it'll be interesting to see, but I, that was a good point about Comcast. Um, I didn't think about that. So. But moving on to better things. I mean, we still love <laughs> this thing called wrestling and, and, Honestly, man, if, if this goes down and it, it doesn't go the way that people want it to, like if the Saudi Arabians buy it, it it's done. It's over. WWE will yeah. go under. I, I truly believe that. Yeah. It, which would kill. I mean, I've been a WWE fan, man, all my life. And yeah. respect what Vince McMahon built, but I respect that got it over. Yeah. It wasn't just Vince, man. It was a bunch of people that did it. And for him to be this, such this egomaniac, well, I built this by myself. No, no, you didn't. You had a lot of help in, in doing it, and you don't want to acknowledge that. It just makes me – it's just made me lost complete respect for the man, honestly. And, and, and I hate to do that because of what he's built, but seeing what he's doing, it just is rubbing a lot of people the wrong way, man. And, and, and he, he just doesn't care. It's just – no. Oh, I don't know, man. It, cheating on his wife, doing all this stuff with these women. Now he's got more lawsuits against him because they're – I guess um, a shareholder in Delaware suing him, saying that him strong arming his way back on, basically bullying them, is a maneuver. So he's getting sued oh, over really? that. He's got all this stuff hanging over his head. It's just, it's it's a black stain on WWE right now. Hopefully they can kind of overcome this and and, and keep rolling forward with, with what they've got. But it, it's it's a stay tuned situation. So we'll we'll just yeah. have to have to keep watching and see what happens. All right, Jesse. Well, we'll shift into our uh, tuxedo T-shirts and the abandoned Kmart and uh, <laughs> set up for the uh, 2022 Turnbuckle uh, Turnbuckle Awards. Kick it off, man. This is your thing. All right. Well, this is going to be mainly just WWE stuff only. I mean, we'll talk about some Impact and AEW stuff, but the lion's share of stuff that, that usually happens is in WWE just because they have more programming and then they have more outlets to get stuff out there. But we will talk about some AEW stuff. Uh, These awards are personal choice. There's no polls or write-in votes or anything like that. Um, We get to pick the winners. Um, It doesn't necessarily matter if a person wins all their matches on television and titles really aren't aren't all that important. It's, and and to me, and I think we both agree, it's about performance more than anything, how Mm -hmm. these performers were able to get, um, get their message across. Of course, NXT will be included in this. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, these words, these awards, though, they're they're nothing to be taken seriously. They're just about fun and what we think are who the uh, what the best things were about it about it this yeah, past absolutely. year. So, first category we'll go with is um, best male wrestler. Uh, this is to be given to the person that combines work rate, character, promos, and everything else into one. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're almost the WWE um, Superstar of the Year award. Mm-hmm. For this one, man, I, I think I'm going to have to to give it to Roman Reigns. I think he has once again proven. I mean, whenever he's out there, people pay mm-hmm. attention, they listen. His promos have significantly gotten better when he talks. People listen. His wrestling ha- has improved. It, it was a tough one because I think Seth Rollins had a really good year too. Even though he lost some matches, like I said, it's, it's more about the performance. Yeah. But I, I just, to me personally, I think uh, Roman Reigns is the one to um, to take this spot. Yeah, it would have been it'd be great if he wrestled more, but he's kind of almost on the Hulk Hogan reign where he shows up when it when it when it's when it when it when it's, when it's go match time or, or when it's time to put a title on or when he when when he wins, needs to make a point. It's like. Almost the champion shows up when when they're needed, not that they need to show up every week. Yeah, um, you know, I think I think I'm I'm probably leaning the same way you are, except I think I'd probably rank Rollins a little bit higher, Um, and that's just a personal preference. Um, You know, and there's nothing wrong with what Roman's doing, and if if we're having a podium, um, I think Sami Zayn's on there as well. Um, he had the most ridiculous WrestleMania match. Um, he's had this fantastic uh, run with uh, with the Bloodline, um, and 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 I thought I think he had he put together a fantastic 2022. Um, but but as I said, you know I, I liked what Seth has done as far as getting over, and I mean his his theme song is over with the crowd. Um, and that's not taking anything at all away from Roman Reigns. In fact, I mean, all three of the guys from the Shield had a killer year. Um, you know, one of them's just not in WWE anymore. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think I think if it was if it was up to me, if I, if I'm looking at the podium for that, it's it's Roman or Roman or Seth, and then and then Sammy. Um, well, I would so. say that that Rollins, I think he's consistently great, whether he's a face or a heel. I mm-hmm. think his rivalry with Cody Rhodes was incredible. Uh, he's done great work to try to elevate guys like Riddle and, and Theory. Mm-hmm. Um, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are both thriving. I think if they had more great uh, PLE matches, I would have considered them more, but both of them really were lacking in terms of the number of PLE matches. That's, That's no fair. fault of their own. They don't yeah. work the Saudi shows while Owens went several months without being on a PLE. But from a pure entertainment standpoint, Zayn and Owens are unquestionably two of the best in WWE right now, no doubt about oh, it. Yeah. Oh, no, no doubt, no doubt. And I'll also lump in uh, Seamus, Gunther, and Drew McIntyre as also three outstanding European wrestlers. You yeah, know, we talked about the great classic that Gunther and Seamus had, and Drew McIntyre just keeps delivering whenever he's out there. So it was, they're, they're definitely in, in that talk of, of wrestlers of the top five as well. Yeah, I agree, I agree. So now we're going to uh, best female wrestler. Um this will go out to the bit. So it's a, basically the male equivalent of Superstar of the Year. Um, for this one, man, I think I'm going to have to to give it to Bianca Belair. I think she had a stellar year. I think the story they told with her and Becky Lynch from last year's SummerSlam up to this year's SummerSlam was was fantastic. She has great matches. She's very charismatic. Um, 
it was a t- tough one to pick between her and Becky, but I think with her story, I think, in my opinion, I think Bianca Belair was the female performer of this year. Yeah, um, I think any kind of combination of Becky, Bianca, and then Rhea when she's been healthy um, is your top three. Um, you know, I I have not been a fan of what Ronda's been doing. I absolutely hated the Charlotte return the other night. Um, it you know none of that really gets me you know gives me the warm and fuzzies. But um, um, back to my original point, yeah, I think I think it's you know any any combination of those those workers. Um, I mean, and, and there is a ton and ton of talented women in in WWE. Um, that you know, any one of them can put on a great, great match. Um, you know, we've seen Nikki Cross make a re- resurgence. Uh, we've seen Alexa Brit- Alexa Bliss reinvent her character. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of talented women. Um, I think if I was going to add someone to it from outside, I would probably add uh, um, Jamie Hader from AEW and Jordan Grace from. Uh, impact wrestling those two have also put on pretty good years um but yeah i think i think bianca's the the top uh her her payoff at, at mania with becky was definitely worth the wait um and uh and and just a you know second year in a row where she stole or almost stole the show at wrestlemania i think if becky lynch didn't have her shoulder injury that cost her four months she might have been a little bit closer she still had an impressive year as a heel uh she was able to get booed even though fans wanted to cheer her yeah. And then she came back strong at Survivor Series, and it just felt like the right time seeing her as a face again. Uh, I think Liv Morgan had a great breakout year by becoming oh, yeah, a, I forgot about her. Winner, yeah. a SmackDown Women's Champion. I mean, I'm happy for her. She went from Riot Squad sidekick to main event superstar. And yeah. she, she's generally likable, too. I mean, you, you want to root for somebody like Liv Morgan. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, Rhea Ripley, definitely. She thrived. She is, she is, to me, the main spotlight of the Judgment Day crew. She's mm-hmm. a badass. At the men, I think she is in for a monster, monster push this year. I really yeah, behind her, and that they really want to, really want to, want to put a jetpack on her and, and shoot her straight to the moon. Yeah, if I, I was to guess, I I see her winning the rumble, um, maybe challenging Rhea. Um, we'll see, or not. That is Rhea. Her winning the rumble and challenging Bianca, but um, they might pull the trigger on that before then. Um, you know, we got a few months, so we'll see what happens with that. But um, I think it'd be a great mania match between her and Bianca. I mean, they're general, yeah. generally friends, and they had great matches in NXT together. A yeah. uh, couple of names missing: Bailey. You know, she missed the first half of the year due to her knee injury. Sasha Banks and Naomi left in May. Mm-hmm. Charlotte yeah. Flair's been gone since May, so uh, it, it just all boiled down to Bianca to me because of all those yeah. factors. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. There's a line of demarcation there where, um, you know, those people just weren't there. Um, and that, that hurts their ability to be, a, you know, a female wrestler of the year if you're only there for, you know, half of it. Uh, the next one is the best few to be given to the best rivalry between two or more performers. This was a tough one to pick, man, but I, I would have to say due to the story they told, and I think they even could have got more mileage of it had it not been for the injury. I'm going mm-hmm. with Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins. You know, the surprise return at WrestleMania, which was a fantastic match, and then they went to WrestleMania Backlash, and then the stellar Hell in a Cell match 
Seth Rollins lost all three of those matches, but he came out an even bigger star because these two made each other look good. Cody Rhodes proved that he belonged. He proved that he shed that um, skin that he had that he had before. You could tell he improved as a performer. Mm-hmm. So I think the best feud, at least for that, you know, to me that I was really emotionally invested in would have been Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins. Yeah, I think I think that's far and away my my favorite feud of the year. Um, I would also put up there Seth and uh, Riddle. Um, I think it was a really personal and bitter feud. Um, and, um, you know, there had been some actual, you know, legit comments back and forth between them before. Um, and then, you know, they worked part of that into the storyline uh, and, and it helped elevate Riddle. I mean, he's gone right now, but uh, but it, 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 at the time it was working to help elevate, you know, another talent. And it was rolling out of that Cody Rhodes feud. Um, if I was to go outside, uh, this is going to be kind of controversial, but I, I the MJF CM Punk feud um, ending in that dog collar match. Uh, it was bloody. It was brutal. It was everything that it was supposed to be. The build was fantastic. Um, I mean, it was just a, a master class in professional wrestling. Um, but like I said, I think I, I would still stick with Cody and Seth. Uh, I, I love how Seth tried to get into his head by wearing the polka dots in the, in the final uh, match of the trilogy. Um, you know, and, and we'll get into it later. I'm sure, you know, when we get to best match, cause I I'm just spoiler alert, that's mine. Um, it, the audible gas from the crowd in Chicago, um, you know, and I was there a year earlier at the AEW show when they threw his belt back three times. Um, you know, the, the change in the perspective, um, from one year to the next was just, uh, it was it was breathtaking to me, um, and I think that that, like you said, that third act, that injury, helped to solidify that as a just a incredible feud. Um, and you know, I think I think there's going to still be some legs to it. To be honest with you, I, th- I think for best female rivalry, we Bianca Belair, Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch. Yeah, that that long term storyline from SummerSlam to SummerSlam that was one of the best written women's storylines in the history of the business, I think. And mm-hmm. I think it culminated the way it needed to. There were periods where they were away from each other, but we all knew where it was going. And, and I'm glad they were able to, to get the mileage out of it. They did. I think Gunther Sheamus was also a great rivalry. This rivalry did, did more for, for Sheamus. It, might, it put him over as a huge face. People really, I think starting to see what Sheamus yeah. is capable of. And they're more appreciating of him now than they ever have been. Um, and then the last one I put would be Roman Reigns beating Brock Lesnar, but that was only because of their match at SummerSlam. I thought their last match at SummerSlam really saved that that rivalry from being mediocre to to being kind of good. Yeah, um, I actually agree with your your add-ons there. Um, you know, and with Sheamus, like, um, I, I if I was to pick like most improved, um, I think that would be him, um, and not not because of really even anything he did, but because of the way he's presented, um, you know, every time he was a face before, he was this goofy ass, lame John Cena, pale ass John Cena knockoff, and it didn't work, and it wasn't his personality. Now they let him be, kind of. I mean, he's still kind of goofy, but you know, he's just a brawler. He just wants to come out and fight, and you know, and then he he leaves it all in the ring, 
and, um, and, and, you know, that, that match with Gunther, um, I mean, probably one of my top five matches of the year just because of the brutality, um, especially the one at Clash at the Castle. Um, and then, and then um, what was the last one? Roman and Brock. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> talking about a match I was not looking forward to at all that blew me out of the water um, was, <laughs> right. that, was that one. I mean, it's hard to top a tractor. Flipping, flipping the ring up, but uh, <laughs> but it was uh, it was something else. I, I I give it to WWE. They got me that time. Uh, I was I was really dreading that match, and it was it was worth it. So for um, best, so we're going on to best match. To me, there's only two two really possible candidates for this, and I was going mm-hmm. back and forth on it. Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins at Hell in a Cell. And then Gunther versus Sheamus at Clash of the Castle. I loved both of these matches, but just for the story alone, for the injury mm-hmm. alone, I mean, to go out there and wrestle with a completely torn peck and yeah. put on a five-star match, to me, that that there there's nothing else that can take the place of that. It's Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins at Hell in a Cell for my match of the year. Yeah, I I think... I mean, I want to give all the credit in the world to so many people um, because there's been so many really great matches this year. But, but yeah, the the story, the and like I talked about just a few minutes ago, the like go back and watch it, and and don't even worry about what the announcers are saying. Don't worry about what's going on. Listen to the crowd when he takes his coat off. It is just an audible. Oh, yeah, like. It was gnarly looking, man. I mean, me and my wife looked at each other. It's like, oh my god, how's he gonna get through this? He has some balls on him that we don't even know about. Um, and I mean, that's that's old school. You know, that's Undertaker wearing a flak jacket to protect broken ribs, so he can still do his dead man persona. That that's old school. Tape it up, and I'm gonna go wrestle because it's my job. Um, and you know, they're, they're building towards the comeback. And, uh, I, I gotta say, I mean, as much as it sucks that he got hurt and he was out for six months, it's really building the anticipation for when he returns back on the scene. And, uh, you know, we get to see what Cody does next. So, um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, I that, that match just fantastic. I mean, I can't say enough good things about it. Like, I, you know, to be able to, to go out there and just do that because, you know, even he talked about in his return video, him not wrestling is like not being able to breathe. I mean, he, he said yeah. that the fans paid for this and he was going to go out there and he didn't know how good the match was going to be. I think Seth Rollins deserves a lot of credit for working oh, yeah. with him and for making him look great because yeah. it takes two. So, you know, Seth Rollins, I think, came out a great star. I think people saw that. Like you said, the Chicago crowd went from booing him last year in AEW to just giving him a standing ovation at Hell in a Cell because yeah. – of what he was able to do and he did it for, for us. I mean, that's just a true, a true full thinking type wrestler where injured or not. I mean, he said he couldn't, he couldn't hurt it anymore. It's already torn off, off the bone. Yeah. So, you know, there's, he might as well just go out there and grit. grit that's of it. And, and he did. And yeah. A big star. I expect him to get a massive push. I think that's why they're doing these videos instead of making him a surprise Royal Rumble entrant because they want people to know his journey. They want people to, hey, re- re- to, to remember and to start cheering this guy when he comes back. Yeah, I think that return pop's going to be huge. Um, I, I, I can't wait for it. I mean, I'm, I'm a Cody Mark. I've never 
I've never hid that. I've never shied away from it. Um, I am really excited for the vignettes have been really good so far. Um, and, uh, I'm excited to, you know, to see how it builds into his return. So, and then of course the honorable mention is Sheamus through that. That was a Haas match. That is an old school wrestling. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to beat the shit out of you. Yeah. Style match. And if I'm going out outside the box here, I'm going to go with AEW. I'd say that they're the best of seven series. The trios tag team matches have been outstanding spectacles to watch. They haven't been oh, yeah. technical wrestling classics, but the stuff they've done, it's, it's just, I'm thinking to myself, how are these guys walking? Yeah, it's, it's insane. They did, uh, did you watch it last night? Yeah, I watched the ladder match, man. And it, 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 the, the, it was insane, man. I mean, some yeah. of the stuff they were doing is like, oh my God. Kenny Omega Kenny went Omega. flying out of the ring and completely yeah. broke a table. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, and they did the uh, the fear factor on a ladder, and then they uh, Kenny Omega did the one wing angel off of a ladder. I was like, "Holy shit!" I thought he was going to kill Ray Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Some guys did not come out of there seriously hurt. Either, they they but... put they put it on the line last night, and I think that's admirable for them to to be able to. I mean, the fans were on their edge of their seats the whole time. I mean that. I mean, yeah, we we talk about technical wrestling being a thing, but you also need that high energy, exciting style to really bring, to really wake the fans up and bring them out of their seats too. Yeah, no, and I mean, I think I think if you look at it, I mean, what we just pointed out as our three matches of the year, quote unquote, is you know there's a great psychological story with Cody and Seth. There's you know, and then, and then the obvious injury. There's this great physical. Um, one-upsmanship between Gunther and and um, and Sheamus, and then like you said, between the Death Triangle and the Elite, there's this this one-upsmanship of, you know, I'm going to do something even crazier than what you just did. Yeah, uh, <laughs> exactly. and, and they did it for seven matches, which is incredible and yeah. insane. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think I think, and that's that's what we you know what we preach on is you know there's there's all kinds of different wrestling like. If you hate something, that that's cool. Like, don't shit on someone else for enjoying it. Like, I enjoy a good spectacle every once in a while. If every match was a Gunther Sheamus match, it would get boring after a while. Yeah. Um, but to have them, you know, peppered in like that, I, it, it makes for a, a variety, a variety of um, variety to your entertainment. And uh, I think that's one of the wonderful things about wrestling. And I think that's something that we need to embrace is, you know, it may not be for me, but, uh, but, you know, there's something else coming around the corner that is. So, yeah. um, but that, that's, uh, I got a little off topic there, but, but I think, like I said, like you said, I, I could not, uh, I could not agree more with, with uh, the way that you laid that out. Obviously the, the seventh match came in 2023, but we'll, uh, we'll fudge the numbers a little bit. <laughs> the majority <laughs> of them took place in 2022, the last <laughs> yeah. match. So yeah, we're going it was yeah. 2020, you know. Yeah, I know. The, I'm the feud goes back to 2022, so. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, as far as events, man, every event since Triple H has taken over has been fantastic. Yeah. I think they've all been, I think they've all been great. To me, I think Survivor Series was probably one of the best just because of the story told in that War Games match with the Bloodline. Mm-hmm. They told a fantastic story in that match where Sami Zayn put his friendship with Kevin Owens aside to prove himself to the bloodline. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think the story they just told in that match was absolutely fantastic and as a fan kept me enthralled. I don't know if you have another PLE in mind that you think was better, but um I would say uh yeah, definitely definitely Survivor Series is is the most recent one I can think of. I I really uh I loved uh SummerSlam. Um I thought it was a great spectacle all of it. Um and and honestly, if it wasn't for the way the main event ended, uh, I would have said Clash at the Castle too. Um, you know that 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 fudge of you know the you know Drew singing with Tyson Fury after losing uh, really kind of dampered you know put a damper on the whole thing for me. Um, that should have been something done after the show when the, yeah, when the show went off the air just for the hometown yeah. crowd. Yeah, I think I think the psychological story that you tell is you know Roman beats Drew by you know nefarious means and that's fine you know. And then Drew just sits and, and looks up, you know, at, the, you know, at the skylight, what the hell can I do different? And, you know, that builds sympathy for him for the next time. Um, but instead, you know, he just shakes it right off and starts singing with Tyson Fury. Like, it's, it's, it's the same shit that people used to get upset that Cena did. You know, he'd lose and come out smiling the next day. Yeah. Um, same exact, you know mindset and it and i it undercuts what you're trying to do so um but yeah i think i think those three were the were the best uh, i i honestly i mean i hate to say this because i am i'm an AEW guys for the most part but i i really didn't care for any of their pay-per-views this year to be honest with you um I, i'm starting to get fatigued by the length of them um and uh, you know and the the overall quality has not been um, as good as it was in the previous year. So, um, while the thing about had... it is, with, with, with AEW pay per views, people are still shelling out 50 bucks. Yeah. If, if people are shelling out 50 bucks, you better give them something to pay $50 yeah. for. We're getting spoiled by WWE Network giving us $4.99 a month. We can watch a PLE premium yeah. live event. And even if it sucks, you're still okay. I'm paying $4.99. I still get other content. Yeah. It was with... five bucks, and I can turn over and watch Yellowstone. Like, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't exactly. Like, I mean, you know, it's not that big a deal. Like, it's not that serious. Or you can go watch, I think Married with Children's on there and like whatever. Um, there's all kinds of old shows on there. But, um, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's, a, I mean, especially, you know, with things being the way they are now, um, you know, uh, price of eggs is like $4 and the, you know, uh, I just bought a 12 pack of Pepsi today and it was seven bucks. Like five dollars for you know twelve months of entertainment from WWE is a hell of a deal. Um, so, so yeah, you can't you can't beat that. And then, like you said, fifty bucks is you know sometimes that's a big chunk of change for people. Um, yeah. So it's uh, that's why I think Tony Khan and them need to work on getting a streaming service where they can lower where they can become PLEs too. You know, ten bucks a month. Yeah, I agree. Content plus their pay-per-views i think that would be that'd be a great thing for them to to definitely look into yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, i think, um, I think oh, it's ahead, i think part. the oh, guys, i think the i think the wheels are in motion for that but um you know it's it's probably a little more difficult than than we would uh believe it to be to be honest with you um anyway so the next word i'm going to talk about is best talker this was a hard one between i think there was only really two there were four people all together, but the two were definitely close. By a margin, I'm going to say 
Kevin Owens, I think, was the best talker this year. Mm-hmm. The lead up on Cold at WrestleMania was all him. He was the one every, yeah. every week delivering the promos. He came out dressed as Austin. I thought he did a great job promoting that match. And then what mm-hmm. he was doing with, with the bloodline, I, I just think that his promos have been ever, – ever since Triple H took over, he's become fight, oh, fight Owens fight, and his promos mm-hmm. are more serious. And he's gotten off the stink of that Ezekiel feud. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> booking him this way, I think he's going to be a be a – future main eventer for, for years to come. But I, I just think that he he did a great job. I'm picking him basically solve the fact of what he's done with the bloodline and then his lead up with Stone Cold at WrestleMania, doing that basically by himself and getting the um, anticipation for it was just unbelievably good. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And then, and then I would throw in MJF there uh, with the caveat that, um, you know, he's he's just doing what he's supposed to do. Um, you know, he's trying his best. He got pissed because people started cheering for him. Um, like legitimately he got pissed because people started cheering for him. So, um, you know, he's just doing the the classic heel shtick, but he is sticking to it. And, uh, I, I appreciate that for, for someone as a, as a, you know, quote unquote talker. Well, um, one of the reasons I didn't, I didn't pick him is because I think some of his promos lately, as good as they've been, they're a little long winded. I think if yeah. he trimmed off some minutes, it would help a little bit more. But yeah. sometimes when he's talking, he keeps going and going. It's like he's starting to lose focus of, of what he's talking yeah. about. And I think that's something that trying so hard to get people to get people to boo him. It's like yeah. pull back pull back on the you know, give them just enough, but don't go a little overboard with it. Yeah. less is more. I mean, you don't have to insult the local sports team. You know, the the less that you say, you know, the more pissed off they're going to be. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and especially, you know, you don't give them what they want. And, you know, I think I, I, I love MJF, but I, I feel like his overall shtick is getting a little uh, stale. Um, and maybe that's just my, you know, perception. You know, everybody seems to turn on people once they become champion. But, um I will no, say I, he, enter, he entertained me last night when he made fun of Takashiti's name. Oh, yeah, that, that was funny. So, look at it. Your name is Takashita? Yeah. <laughs> well, make sure you don't do that in your pants when your opponent comes. Yeah, that was – he's like, because I need you to beat him for me, bud. Yeah, that that was actually a pretty good promo. Um, it, it's been hit or miss lately. You know, his 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 quote-unquote pipe bomb was, was one of the highlights of the year. Um, but, but like I said, it's been, it's been up or down and he's been gone for part of the year as well. So, um, I'm totally cool with, uh, with Kevin Owens being that, that guy, because he, you know, sold a match to, with Stone Cold that we didn't even know for sure was going to be a match. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, and if we're going with, you know, not match of the year for work rate, but just for the, for the spectacle of it all, um, that's, that's definitely in the discussion as well. Uh, some other honorable mentions. I think Sami Zayn has definitely mm-hmm. improved a lot. He's been consistently great on the microphone as well as backstage segments. His he sells everything really well. His facial expressions. I think yeah. he he has been a great talker. Uh, Seth Rollins, like we talked about, his promos have, have been outstanding. The way the way he's like, like I said, he lost that rivalry with Cody Rhodes, but he came out so much better for it. And people, I think, respect him now. And they and his song is catchy. And yeah. people sing it, and um, 
you know, I think I think Lynch is, is up there. She's still good at promos, yeah. but I think I think it's been a been a good three way tie between Owens, Zayn, and, and MJF for yeah here. Like and honestly, like if you want to pick a dark horse out of the whole thing, like Chad Gable is freaking amazing. Oh yeah, uh, he is hysterical. He's funny. Like, or, or I mean, that's the same thing. He's funny. He's you know he you know he has the right way of digging at the crowd and and you know backs it up by being a solid wrestler in the ring as well. I hope there's more you know more to come for him because uh, that that guy's got talent. I mean, he he could be the modern day Kurt Angle that. You know, they keep trying to make other people out to be. Um, well, he's deceptive. Jordy's he is. Yeah. He can suplex some of those guys. It's just, and 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 even Hook from AEW, I saw him uh, German uh, suplex uh, big. Well, yeah, that was badass. WWE. I mean, that was, yeah, that yeah. was badass. I'm like, holy yeah. shit. Yeah, I was like, Hook's strong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Chad yeah. Gable's right there on that, on that. He can just take any guy from from a standing position and just suplex them, no matter how big they are. I just think that's 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 yeah, absolutely. And and uh, I, I love um and this is just kind of off topic, but I love the Dominic Mysterio act, acting like he's uh, oh, doing God. hard time. That is the funniest. <laughs> shit. It's not so funny. I don't think like that, but it's so corny that it's like. On Monday night, I was just just laughing because Kevin Patrick was like, "I think people spent more time scrubbing their floors than he spent in jail." And Rhea Ripley got on his butt and he's like, "Hey, I did my time." And he, I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> he comes up with said... the flannel and the and the and the, and the rag over his mouth. I'm like, "Oh, this is just quiet. this is just entertaining shit right here." That's that's the type of shit that Eddie would have done. Oh uh, God, yeah. I think Eddie... <laughs> right now seeing the shit oh, Dominic's yeah. doing. I think oh, being yeah. with the Judgment Day has really, really helped him. <laughs> I think somebody said uh, there's Instagram stories longer than Dominic's prison sentence. Yeah. <laughs> it changes you, man. It changes you. It's like, you were only in there for a couple of hours. It's that. I think... <laughs> I hope, uh, I hope he continues to uh, expand his character because that's the most entertaining I found Dominic Mysterio the entire time he's been in WWE. It's just this stupid stuff. He's it doing adds right to now. it. Oh yeah. I mean, she. I mean, oh, I, that whole group, man. I think they're destined for gold, man. I, I think that. Yeah, I, do I think too. that's why they want to split up the tag team titles. Why they want to get yeah. the titles going around more because the Judgment Day. I think some of them deserve some gold for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> this has been one. I mean, Finn Balor's having the most fun. He said he's had, he's had in his career right now, being in the Judgment Day. So I'm glad that he's he just he's happy and that he's going to stay. Yeah, he just works better as a heel. I don't know. I don't know what it is, and maybe it's just on the main roster. But just that when he has an edge to him, he's a lot. He's it's like he's more believable. I don't I don't know how to explain it. Um, but he he just works better as a heel. Um, and, and, uh, it's been, it was a good, I mean, I wasn't sure about it at the time, the whole switching leaders and all that, but, um, it's been great for, for everybody involved. Um, and, uh, you know, like you said, I think, I think they're destined for, you know, continued push up the, up the card and, you know, eventually break apart and, you know, feud with each other, um, yeah. probably with a big, big push for, uh, Damien Priest coming out of it, I would imagine. Um, but that kind of depends on his – I mean, he's kind of older, so I don't know if uh, if he'll have enough left in the tank by then. But we'll see what happens. 
Next award we go to is the worst feud, or what I like to call the Katie Vick Award. Oh, uh, with how bad, <laughs> with how bad the, the feuds. To me, man, and I'm so glad Triple H ended this when he took over. It's uh, anybody that feuded over the 24-7 title. Oh, I think my that God. was the worst thing ever introduced. I think it was the worst thing. R-Truth tried to make it good. I mean, and, and he did his best. He went down with a knee injury. But mm. these things got stale. They got old. The segments really did. They've repackaged Reggie as Schism and NXT. I don't know how good that's going to go over. Yeah. Uh, Runners-up, I say, would be Kevin Owens versus Ezekiel. And then Madcap Moss versus uh, Baron Corbin. Yeah. Some of, the, some of the worst feuds. But I think that 24 really one of the stain marks in the company last year. Yeah, I agree. I think I think there's there's probably more that we're we're not, you know, thinking about, but yeah, there those were definitely the top craptastic things that the WWE put out this year. Um and I'm and I'm failing to think about um, you know, going beyond the you know, outside the box as far as other other promotions, but um, you know, everybody has their fair share excuse me, things that just don't work out for one reason or the other. Um, honestly, like I would say Jungle Boy and Christian, um, you know, solely based on the fact that Christian got hurt. So it caused Luchasaurus to turn twice. And so he <laughs> could work with Jungle Boy. Like, um, you know, I've seen it argued that he never actually, you know, like he was just faking or whatever, but I mean, it looks like they just did that to cover their ass. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think I would put that in there. I mean, anything where it's, you know, it, there's not a good payoff or there's not, there's no heat to the feud. It just, they're just feuding to feud. Um, any of those, you know, you can, you can pick, pick them out of a hat and I would say, yeah, that's the worst. Um, well, well even so. as entertaining as some of the Ezekiel Owen stuff was, I'm, I'm glad that yeah. Triple H had Owens just destroy Ezekiel and had him come back as Elias because that, that moved Kevin Owens onto something further. It moved him on. You know, I thought after WrestleMania, after Austin, he'd be putting so, some big, high-profile things that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And when Triple H takes, we start to see Kevin Owens revert back to th- this the badass ass kicker that he should have been to begin with. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So next one I'll go with is the worst PLE from the year. There's some runners up here, but. I have to say the Royal Rumble really disappointed this year. Just in who they picked as the winners. Shane McMahon coming back to put himself over, which got him subsequently fired. I don't think Ronda Rousey and Brock Lesnar needed those wins. I think they could have went to somebody else. I just don't think it was a very, very good event for the, for the worst. I mean, it wasn't bad altogether bad, but I think it was, was the worst just with, I don't think they were booked well. Yeah. I, I agree with that one. Um, I, I, uh, I not a lot of them come to mind when I'm thinking about it. But yeah, that I, I couldn't even I couldn't even told you won the Royal Rumble last year um, until you brought it up. So um, yeah, I, if if it's not memorable, it's not it's not something that <laughs> you know you know it's not something that I care about. So and it and yeah, really with just... Brock, it ended up being irrelevant because he won the title the next. The next month. So, uh, anyway, sorry. Yeah, and then Ronda Rousey, her match, her matches with Charlotte were underwhelming. It's like those two did not need those wins. It no. was just Vince McMahon saying, "Oh well, th- these are my favorites. These are who, these are going to win these matches." 
didn't come off yeah. very well. Jesse, we so, got about nine minutes that... left, and we, yeah, let's take a quick break, and then I'll uh, a little circle back around. All right, we'll finish these up here after a short break. All right, welcome back. I uh, hope you enjoyed your break. I know we did. And uh, <laughs> Jesse, we'll, I'll throw it back to you. Yeah, I just want to bring up something real quick. I, I went to Facebook just for a second when we took our break. I just found out Lisa Marie Presley died. Oh, holy 54, shit. Yeah, 54 years old. Uh, just That just popped up on my news feed. I'm like, that was kind of surprising, but. 50 as in 5? 54? Yeah, 54. Holy shit. Wow. Uh, that's crazy. For anybody that don't know, she is the daughter of the uh, world-famous singer Elvis Presley. Uh, yeah, I just yeah. found out that she died. <laughs> and she was temporarily, quote-unquote, married to Michael Jackson as well. Yeah. So, yeah. So, just uh, just kind of sad. Just kind of... Yeah. Let me throw that's wild. There for a minute. Yeah. Okay, so we will continue with our awards. Next one I'm going to do is best tag team. This is to be given to the two men that function best. To me, man, just like with the Roman Reigns, I think it's got to be the Usos. Mm-hmm. Jimmy and Jay, they are the undisputed tag team champions. I mean, when they go out, they have great matches with anybody. I don't think there's been another tag team that has been able to eclipse the work that, that they have done this year. I think uh, the New Day and the Street Profits are, are, are behind them. I think Pretty mm-hmm. Deadly has, has come out pretty strong this year, too. Uh, but I think for WWE-wise, I think the best tag team has to be the Usos because they've every match they've done has just been – they haven't they haven't undeliver, undelivered in any match they've done in, in the year 2022. Yeah, I think I think I agree with all that. Um, I, I think I would even throw um, the Creed brothers into there. Um, you know, I really like what they're doing. Um, well, I was going to and... throw them into the next category, but, yeah, I see what oh. you're saying with them. Okay. Um, and then, then obviously on the other side of the spectrum, I would, I would definitely say FTR had a fantastic year. Um, and, uh, so I'm wondering what's going on with them because now they're off television. Are they possibly thinking about a WWE return? Um, so they asked, so they dropped all the titles. They asked Tony Khan for a few months off to, uh, rest and rejuvenate and to consider what they're you know, next step is going to be. Um, so it was granted. Um, Tony gave them that time. So they're going to be, they were written off TV. And um, uh, as far as I know, I mean, they're going to be, you know, putting their heads together to decide what their next step is. Um, yeah. and, and really just off topic real quick. And I told you this in a private conversation, um, you know, FT, the FTR podcast with Dax Harwood. Um, if you like psychological wrestling, if you like, like, understanding kind of the the behind the scenes of the of a match or how 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 matches called in the ring um Dax goes into all that stuff um and he had a fantastic year so there's a lot of great anecdotes from all the different matches that he had I mean he wrestled singles matches with Adam Cole with CM Punk um you know he was in all kinds of different you know tag team matches this the second episode he's uh he went over the double dog collar match um, from final battle, um, you know, that's enough free advertising for Dax, but, but it, it's so far, it's been a fantastic show. Um, and, uh, it seems like a really good guy as well. So, uh, anyway, back to, back to what you're talking about. Oh, um, so yeah, I, I will go with the Usos. They, they, 
eclipsed the New Day for being the longest reigning tag team champions in history. Mm. Uh, that's a big, big uh, accomplishment for them. So I, I just think that, that they've worked really well together. I think Jimmy's got past his demons, hopefully. Yeah. The position that he's in and, and how how lucky he is to be there. So yeah. I'm Absolutely. hoping that past that. Um, next one I'm going to go with was, is with best heel. This was a hard one to pick, but as far as WWE go, AEW, obviously I'm going to go with MJF. I still yeah. think he's one of the best heels. You know, he, he cut a great heel promo earlier last year. So AEW, there's no doubt the best heel was MJF. But yeah. for WWE, I'm going to go with Roman Reigns and the Bloodline. I think that they have mm-hmm. the way they've completely dominated. Uh, they brought Sammy Uso in, into the group, solo group. Um, they they always seem to cheat to win. They, they're just the prototypical heel guys that is is sometimes we forget is missing is is missing in today in today's right. I'm keep up their winning ways. So to me, that makes them easily the best heels in WWE. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. And and honestly, you know, <clears throat> when you look at you know, if I if I told you that we're gonna get this bloodline thing for an entire year, or you know, a year and a half, um, you would think. I mean, I would think any you know person that has experience with wrestling would think it, you it would get boring and stale and repetitive. Um, and and for a time, for a time, maybe it did um, a little bit. But but as you said, uh, as soon as that that Sammy piece started to pick up, it's become just riveting television. Um, it's it's what you want to see every Friday night on SmackDown is is what's going to happen next because you know Roman's got some something he's playing close to the vest uh, with Sammy and you know the, you know now that Roman's facing Kevin Owens at, at the Royal Rumble it's going to be even more um, you know even more tension there is is that's you know Sammy's quote unquote best friend um, so. It, 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 for it to to be a successful heel faction for an entire year and to not get to the point where it's you know oh my god change the channel boring um i think that's a success on their part well i think an uh, honorable mention too for best heel faction in aw i think would be mm-hmm. the jericho appreciation society yeah i think they yeah. just generate tremendous heel heat Oh my God! Those there is an entire group of people that you want to see get punched in the face. Yes, <laughs> um, and and that's that's what they're supposed to do. I mean, that, yeah. that's that's exactly right. So, um, you know, and it's given an opportunity to a guy like Daniel Garcia, who uh, I, I think he's a fantastic talent. Um, you know, and and so many more that you know, you know, Matt Menard and Angelo Parker, uh, the guys that used to be, um, uh, what, what were they? Everrise. In WWE, Never rise, yeah, yeah, um, you know, and they they get this this opportunity to, to you know to be in a team with Chris Jericho um, is is a big deal, and uh, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. They, I definitely want them to get their asses kicked every time they're on television. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> as far as best babyface goes, man, I'm gonna have to. This is a hard one to pick between Drew McIntyre and Sheamus because I think Sheamus has come out to be a great baby face, especially with his feud with Gunther. But I think mm-hmm. Drew McIntyre's consistently showed all year um, that he's still one of the best baby faces to root for. 
Yeah. Uh, with Bianca Belair being a, a close second. As far as the female goes, I think it's Bianca Belair. But as far as the males go, I think it'd be, be Drew McIntyre. Yeah. If, if I was to go out of the box and really, really out of the box and say, um, you know, who's the baby face that I think is their stars on the rise the most um, is, is Ricky Starks in AEW. Um, I don't know if you saw his match with Jericho, uh, his match with NJF. Uh, he's, he's putting on great matches. He's cutting impassioned promos. Um, and he's just a guy that you want to cheer for. Um, and then, um, uh, on the women's side of things, I, you know, I, I can't, I can't argue against Bianca or Becky. Um, you know, that's not out of the box, but, but, you know, the women in eight in AEW have still not been given the opportunity to really show out. And, um, you know, I, I can't team match to me last night was disappointing. I mean, they really have the yeah. chance. People were tuning in because they thought for sure Tony Storm, for some reason, was going to be taken out and and the former Sausage Banks was going to be there. And oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And by, by Shido, and, and it just didn't happen. It's like they still don't have that grab the women. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and, and it's it's been a consistent point of disappointment for me, um, you know, because. The talent is there. Um, yeah. They're just they're just not using it, and um, you know it's it's a frustrating thing um, to to watch because you know I, I know eventually those ladies are going to get burnt out and you know move on, and I you know I hate to see that happen because you know like I said there's so much talent in that locker room. So uh, um, for best for best return slash debut. Man, it was hard to pick. You know, you had Steve Austin at WrestleMania 38. You had Bray Wyatt mm-hmm. at Extreme Rules. Uh, Mickey James at the Royal Rumble. But to me, it was Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania 38. I think that was the best return. Yeah. I think they, they built that up well. He got to be the American Nightmare. His song Kingdom was playing. I thought the stars just aligned right. I think that to me that was the best return in 2022. Yeah, no question. Um, I watch that on YouTube about once a month. Um, <laughs> it just I gives just, you chills. I mean, I just, yeah. you, you know, it's just awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's something that, um, you know, who would have thought that this, you know, brown haired kid with a lisp that didn't learn knee pads would go out and make himself into a gigantic star. Um, I mean, it, it's not just the the return and the pop and the excitement of it all. It's the it's the story. Um, it's the story of you know. I think it resonates with anyone that's been ever been told they're not good enough. Um, and you know, Cody said, "The hell with that! I'm going to show you I'm good enough." And he went out and perfected his craft and came back and and came back as a conqueror. And um, I, I just think that that's, you know, as much as, as fantastic as it was to see Steve Austin wrestle again, uh, something that I also didn't think would ever happen. Um, you know, I can't put that above, you know, a, a, a story that I feel a real connection with. Um, right. and, and, and that's, that's definitely with Cody's journey. Yeah, I, I, I think it was, it was definitely Cody Oates returning as far as the best turn. This is to be to, the performer that did the best baby face slash heel turn. I think mm. I got to give the Sheamus. He went from being, uh, like you said, a bland heel to after his match with popular baby faces wrestling one of the, one of his best periods right now in wrestling. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, for a while there we thought his career was over. Um, he came back and he's in, he's in good shape. And, um, you know, he's, you know, he's taking this fight night thing and, and, and the brawling brutes and, uh, you can tell he's, excuse me, you can tell he's having the time of his life. Um, you know, they're, they're, uh, what was that? Like a barroom brawl or whatever they had at, uh, the, the, uh, uh Donnie, good old fashioned Donnie Brook. Yeah. The good old fashioned Donnie Brook. That was fun as shit. Um, you know, they've done some main event work and then, um, you know, just, just everything he's been doing, um, you know, people are excited to see Seamus and that's not something I thought I'd be saying in the year 2023, looking back on the year 2022. Um, (laughs) but yeah, he's definitely a guy with his, you know, his stars on the rise again. Um, and you know, I, I think, you know, him being friends with Triple H doesn't hurt, but, but I think definitely organically um through his work and through uh you know them not portraying him as a you know goofy baby face i I think that it's working um so yeah absolutely absolutely i think another thing that benefited i think the judgment day turning on edge bringing balor and and mysterio in has really helped them i think they've gained some great momentum so i'm looking forward like you said the whole thing with this dominic storyline of him going to prison is just it's just it's entertaining television, so <laughs> it's definitely benefited everybody on that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, most improved performers, like I said, I was going to go off with the tag team. I think the Creed brothers have definitely improved. Mm-hmm. They went from almost – their rise is almost like Steiner-esque. And then, mm-hmm. you know, here are these two college guys that, that came in, didn't know a look about professional wrestling. But I think, especially this man, they've really taken to it well – I think they have been probably the, and then the Cora Jade I think has really improved a lot. I think her turning heel was was definitely good good for her. I could see her being a main event performer on the on the main roster one day. Yeah, I think I think I can't I can't disagree with any of those. I mean, obviously, like I said, with perception, um, I think Sheamus as well belongs in that most improved. Um, yeah, but but yeah, I think I think any one of those uh, is is a really great candidate, and um, you know. Well, talk about feud. Uh, I mean, that was one we skipped over, but Cora Jade and um, Roxanne Perez, um, that thing's still going to have legs to it. And um, yeah. I'm excited to see the, the rematch, um, you know, again, at somewhere down the line. I think but, Ron Breaker has really improved. I mean, he's the yeah. flag bearer of NXT, and I think as champion, he's really improved. He's proved he can do, do it all, man. He's very athletic. He's very much like, like his dad and especially his uncle. And I think if he yeah. keeps his head on straight and follows down – you know, a, a good path, man, where he'll be a main event for years to come. Well, and, and now that you said that, it kind of kicked something in my brain from uh performer of the year. Uh, dude, Carmelo Hayes. Yes. Uh, he, like, when they say Melo don't miss, that is not bullshit. Like, <laughs> he has, I mean, his match with Ricochet was fantastic. Um, you know, he's got so much freaking talent. And uh, I think I think he's going to be the guy to beat Breaker. To be honest with you, um, I think that's what they're setting him up for. And I think Breaker will go to the main roster. But I mean, I could be wrong. But but uh, I, I think their match is going to happen at Stand and Deliver WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and I I cannot wait for it. Um, you know the the flash and the you know the skill of of um, 
of Carmelo versus the uh, you know the just the the brawn of Braun Breaker uh, is going to be is going to make for an electric um, an electric atmosphere. I think. Oh yeah. Uh, for best announcer, man, I'm going to have to give this one to Wade Barrett. I think I wasn't sure about him when he first came on board, but I, I find his yeah. announcing very, very entertaining. Uh, I think Pat McAfee is a very close one, and I think Michael Cole has really improved since Triple H has taken over. I, I can, I, I, I don't mind hearing him now. I think he's he's doing great. He's referencing other wrestling companies like they referenced the passing of Don West. Yeah, you know, I thought that was really classy. Impact announcer, and I thought that was cool of them to do that. Yeah, but I think Wade Barrett is as far, far and beyond. I think has been the best announcer this year. Yeah, I, I honestly, I agree with that as well. Uh, you know, and I think I, it probably would have been Pat, um, but you know, he ended up, you know, taking a hiatus to go, uh, you know, work for ESPN for a little bit with college football. Can't blame him for that. Um, but. Um, but his energy and his enthusiasm uh, made for just really great television and really, uh, you know, Michael Cole himself has, has credited Pat with uh, reinvigorating his love of, of doing what he does. And, um, you know, and, and I think, you know, I was, I was hesitant about Wade taking over and, uh, you know, joining Michael Cole, but, but it hasn't been, the uh transition that i was worrying about like it's it's been very good so um i can't can't really um, complain about it you there yeah, yeah. i think we dropped again jesse okay hello yeah i'm here can you hear me okay yeah i can hear you okay can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Uh, so next we'll go with the biggest news story. We we beat this to death earlier on, so I'm not going to talk about it too much. But originally I was going to go with Vince McMahon retiring, leading to Triple H taking over. But since that has been completely, since Vince has come back, I'm picking a new biggest story. And to me that would be Sasha Banks and Naomi walking out of WWE. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think, you know, the others have been Steve Austin wrestling his first match in 19 years, Cody Rhodes leaving for WWE, and obviously Vince McMahon retiring. But we found out now that he's back. Who knows Who knows where that's going to go from there? Yeah, and I think, I mean, just to throw another one in there, uh, you know, Mandy Rose in the middle of a 434-day title reign and, you know, being the unified, you know, uh, NXT and NXT UK champion and all that, uh, getting fired, um, you know, for some some titty picks online. Um, I think that was uh, that was pretty dominant in the news cycle there for a little bit. Um, but I think, and otherwise, I think it's uh, definitely you know everything else that you brought to the table already. Uh, we're gonna go with the most memorable moment. To me, I'm gonna say. Almost everything that happened on night one of uh, WrestleMania. You had Steve Austin and Kevin Owens main eventing, Cody Rhodes returning, the banger match between Bianca and Becky. I think they provided a lot of, a lot of memorable moments on that first night of WrestleMania. Yeah, I agree as well. Um, and, 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 you know, to go further down the card, the, the Johnny Knoxville, Sami Zayn match. Yes. Um, I mean, that shit was so much fun. Um, yeah, it, it was definitely. Uh, 
it, it was a you know this is two years in a row now where night one has just blown away night two um and you know i don't hope that that continues but um but it's uh definitely been a trend so far but we'll see how it you know what happens as, as far as this card shakes out in la That is that is it was all I had for the major award. I got some quickie awards to go over here real quick. Okay. Um, for best stable, I'm gonna go with probably the Bloodline for sure. Mm-hmm. I think it's been, yeah. I think the Judgment Day are runners up, and even the Jericho Appreciation Society, I would probably put as third. Yeah, uh, for I agree. all being uh, great stables that you either love to hate or hate to love. Yep, I agree. Um, best theme song, Cody Rhodes Kingdom. I think that's been the best theme song along with Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. Uh, song as being as catchy as it is, but I think Cody Rhodes Kingdom to me has been the best best theme song. Uh, AEW, of course, I think it's still Jericho's Judas. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I can't think of another one off the top of my head, but yeah, that that one's fantastic. Best finishing move. I, I'm going to go with Carmelo Hayes. Nothing but net. The way he gets up there and gets high with that leg drop, it's almost like Montez Ford with the frog splash. It's just crisp and it looks mm-hmm. devastating. So I'm gonna have to go with we'll go with that one. Do you have another one for for that or? Uh, man, I think for me, I would say uh, either the One Winged Angel uh, from Kenny Omega or the Hank or the uh, Buckshot Lariat from uh, Hangman Adam Page. Um, just tremendously devastating looking moves, and uh, I know I just love how crisp they are with with their execution. So. Um, that that would be the two that I would put up there, um, but there's there's so many great finishing moves um, that I can watch a million times. <laughs> well, the worst match, and this was on night two of WrestleMania, Vince McMahon versus Pat McAfee. That oh, should have never happened. That was a complete. You just saw how much of an egomaniac Vince McMahon was with that. Yeah, I mean, he, could barely, he could barely move. It took Theory to help yeah. him after Pat McAfee just. To me, there there was no reason for that match to happen at all. No, I mean it totally overshadowed. I forgot that Theory wrestled McAfee, I, like just until we were just talking about it. I'm like, why was he wrestling Pat? Mac-? And then I was like, oh yeah, he wrestled Theory first. Like it, it just it's so stupid. Like there's no <laughs> reason for him to get in the ring at all. No, um, and I mean, yeah, I. I I can't really say anything else about it, but yeah, I think I agree with that 100%. There's no way a 70-year-old man like that should be in, in the ring. I think the best turn coming in 2023 is going to be Sami Zayn. Mm-hmm. He turns face. It's going to be huge. I think people are going to pop huge for it. I think they're ready for it, but we still mm-hmm. got a little bit more mile, mileage to go, but that's going to be, why I think, the best turn that's going to be coming. Yeah, I think I, that's the one I'm looking forward to the most. Um, you know, he's been building this this uh you know sympathy and you know it's like we talked about before it's like a relatable story um and you just know where it's leading but but the the journey there um they are doing just i I, they don't miss on uh, on what they're doing with the story um you can tell the work that's being put in um and the time that's being invested in it and uh it's definitely paying off so I, I agree, uh, you know, Sammy is going to be probably one of the biggest baby faces in the world this coming year. So, Most devastating injury, I think, was Big E's broken neck, followed very closely by Cody yeah. Rhodes. I think the broken neck is even more because he could have died. 
Yeah, so no, but I, I'm glad he didn't have to have surgery, and that he hopefully will be making a comeback this year. Yeah, it's that's a that was a scary bump, and uh, you know you don't wish that on anybody. And you know Big E was in the middle of you know, uh, I mean maybe a little bit of a a descent after being WWE champion, and then you know being moved back to SmackDown. But um, you know I think. I think there's hopefully there's going to be more in the future for him. And, um, you know, I'm excited to see it, but, but yeah, definitely it was devastating um, to lose a talent like that. And, and, you know, in just such a brutal way. Uh, Best performance by a celebrity. I'm going to go with Logan Paul. He really surprised me. I thought the three matches he had were far and above anything that I could have thought they would be. Mm -hmm. Um, Most surprising release. We talked about this Mandy Rose. After a 413-day reign and then gets released because of explicit content. Yeah. Uh, funniest performer, Sami Zayn. I think he's been the funniest. And yeah. then the worst job of selling a Stone Cold Stunner with Vince McMahon. <laughs> the way <he laughs> sold that. That's probably why they asked him to step down from the company. Yeah, right? <laughs> that was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> but that's all I have uh, for the Turnbuckle Post Awards. Hopefully uh, everybody's listening either agreed with our picks or would have picked something different. That's fine. Yeah. Ones that we picked out that we thought was the best of 2022 and looking forward to 2023. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, I don't really have anything else, Jesse. So if you want to put a bow on it, we can call it a day and uh, we'll see everybody here next time for the long awaited, probably hopefully Ray Mysterio retrospective. Yeah. Like to see how, <laughs> Hey, if there's more Vince McMahon stories coming up, we'll be talking oh, about yeah. those first, obviously. But yeah, uh, absolutely. At the end of the day, wrestling—it's an entertainment medium. It's something that we've enjoyed. Uh, WWE has been in our lives since the beginning. I'm hoping that whatever the decision they make is going to be what's best for the company and mm-hmm. not for one man's ego. Yeah, uh, we'll have to see. I, I really enjoy doing these awards. I, th- I think it's fun to do. I think it's fun to reflect back on the year that was. Um, but everybody, uh, be smart, be safe. You got the Royal Rumble coming up. I'm really looking forward to that. I, I got to say, as an aside, I think LA Knight has really prospered in this feud with Bray Wyatt. Yeah. I think people have really got to see how talented this man is. He can talk on the mic. He's a good wrestler. I think he's really just done a fantastic job. I'm glad that they put him back to being LA Knight so that people could see what he's yeah. capable of. Yeah, I'm glad they dumped the Max Dupree thing. Um, uh, that, that whole male model gimmick was probably one of the worst gimmicks of the year um you know we didn't do that one but yeah that's that's definitely one of the worst i would definitely um, pick that as worst gimmick of the year for sure i I just seeing him i mean just seeing him hold his own um with bray Bray wyatt on the mic um i I mean i was watching smackdown the other night and i was just like this guy's not out of his depth at all like he belongs yeah and uh i mean there's no i mean bray's a fantastic talker so for for you know, uh, I almost called him Eli Drake for LA Knight to, to come in and, and, you know, be at that level already just speaks to what he's going to be capable of. If so. he keeps it up, he may, he may win my best talker award next year. Yeah, I, just, I agree. I mean, he's, he, he reminds me a lot of the rock and stone cold on the way that he delivers and people aren't wetting him. They, they, he like actually oh. the way, the way he talks, he's like, let me talk to you. And he goes, yeah. And ends the, the way he ends things, it's just like, he, has word when he speaks you want to listen to him oh yeah and and like holy shit dude like he comes back as la night everybody's popping for it and he immediately turns the crowd against him yeah <laughs> like 
I have never seen that before. <laughs> like, it was really great. And yeah, uh, yeah he's he's definitely uh, one to watch in 2023. All right. Well, everybody, be smart, be safe. Royal Rumble's coming up. We will talk. Uh, hopefully have another edition for you next week, and we will, we will get going on that Rey Mysterio retrospective. But, John, it's been fun doing this, man, after a yep. well-deserved break off, and we will talk to everybody next week. All right. Happy New Year, everybody. We'll see you next week. All right. Happy New Year. All right. Bye.